Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show which connects East and West. Today with me is Bebe. Hey, hi, Jason. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? Uh, well, I'm good. We sound like we can't wait to start the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, which I think is going to be really interesting. I think so, too. So people have heard of mm. inflation, where things cost more than they used to. And given the complicated state of the U.S. and other Western economies, new terms are being coined to deal with our new realities. Shrinkflation and skimpflation have entered the conversation. What are they? And just what does it mean for your pocketbook? What do you think, baby? Well, I think what I think is less important than getting to know the new reality. Mm -hmm. And these two terms sound very interesting. Shrinkflation and skimpflation. I keep thinking of shrimps for some reason, <laughs> but it's nothing to do with that. Uh, shall we start with the uh, the definition of these two terms? Shrinkflation, I think a lot of people may already know what this means. So you go to the store and you're used to buying two ounces of a product, but now you get 1.8 ounce for the mm. same price. So in some cases, and I have a list of products we'll go through towards yeah. the end of the show. In some cases, companies, instead of changing the price because they didn't want to raise the price on consumers and have them be startled by prices increasing every six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They just made products incrementally smaller over the last three years. Yeah. And I really appreciate the research you've done. As you mentioned, the pictures we're going to get to um, mm, later on. Mm. But I really want to get to them now because it was eye-opening. <laughs> go for it. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Because I actually never paid attention. Um, and I mean, we're used to, like, let's say potato chips coming in these huge bags, right? And once you open it, you right. notice that there's like a quarter <laughs> of volume that you anticipated. Mm. And I've always thought that, okay, maybe it's just a padding. So that chips don't get crushed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now there are cases when um, like uh, the amount of potato chips have gone down significantly, but the bags have actually gone bigger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that they look more wow. attractive. That's that's tricky. And there's this website. I think people have been there are people who are supermarket detectives. Yeah, that's and a good And they've noticed these tricks uh, being played by uh, these brands and producers. For example, um, as as you mentioned, shrinkflation is one obvious way they've been doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, there's this brand of cake mix called Betty Crocker. I think everybody in the U.S. Betty Crocker. Knows hey, about for this. you listening at home, you can find this at mouseprint.org. Here we shrink again, early fall 2023. Go ahead. <laughs> Here we shrink again. So the super, uh, you know, the box you see usually has like a red uh, edge to mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And there's this like really moist uh cake in the middle slice of cake, cake. with chocolate frosting chocolate Ooh. and it says super moist i think i've bought them in china too. oh yeah my mom makes these she, um, my, my whole life she used betty crocker i know exactly what these taste like but do you know exactly how much is contained in these regular boxes no like, like most consumers i just assume okay that's a box of betty crocker that is what it's right. been for the last 20 30 years i assume yeah when you see the box is the same size you assume that the content is still the same but actually things have changed mm. So in this article, How We Shrink Again, 
this is uh, early fall 2023. So, you know, just very recently, like last month, mm -hmm. it says some big brands are continuing to downsize their products despite some easing of the inflation rate. Mm. So shrinkflation continues. Uh, that's like two messages. Things like the contents of the products rebuying are shrinking, but prices are staying the same. At the same time, inflation should be uh, a little better than before. So these uh, Betty Crocker, is that what you said? Betty Crocker? Cro Crocker, as in like crock pot. Oh, Betty Crocker. Mm -hmm. The cake mixes, they used to be 18.25 ounces. So mm -hmm. 18 point plus a quarter ounces years ago. And now it was downsized to 15.25 ounces. And then most recently, 13.25. I was going to ask you, you know, uh -huh. before the obvious thing to think is, oh, my my goodness, we're being robbed. But I have another question, Bebe, and I, for our American listeners out there, out there sure. you know, I've always heard that people complain that maybe the one of the reasons, speculate, I suppose, not complain, that Americans are American sized is because our portions are American sized. Mm -hmm. Is could it be a good thing that we're getting slightly less cake? Um, it depends. In this case, it might not be because if you want to consume more, you'll just buy more, right? But you'll end up paying more. <laughs> but in other cases, I think right, we're going to yeah. get to them a little later. I think in general, after we live in this new era for a bit, I think consumers will change their habits. We will be consuming less, both for consumers here in China and also in the U.S. Mm. Um, because things won't be, we, we will realize it will really hit us that things are not as cheap as before. Mm. And you'll be careful when you start mixing things. You'll waste less, mm. right? <laughs> you'll probably um, consume a little bit less, but at least you'll waste less, mm. uh, waste a little bit less than before. So the cake mix I was talking about, that's a huge change. Mm -hmm. 13 yeah. uh, from 18 point. 25 yeah. ounces to it's like they 13. took a, a third away. Who's really good at math. But at least it's five ounces less <laughs> than the original. And the boxes yeah. are identical in size. Mm. So, you know, for consumers who are not paying attention, they might get a feeling that this is feeling a little less, you know, lighter than usual. But they probably won't know that it's a full five ounces less for the same price. Mm. And uh, but the good thing is you still have the same ingredients, at least for this product, mm -hmm. but you're just getting nine servings instead of 10. And I think the crazier thing is actually, you know, maybe the product is still the same size. It still tastes pretty much the same, but the ingredients have changed. Oh, yeah. And I think we will get to examples of that later. But I think that's just a more vicious and dangerous way of doing things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Other examples. Yeah, I thought some of the other examples are, um, in my opinion, more because cake is kind of a, as a luxury item. Right. But the next item on this list is OxyClean, which you use to do your laundry. Mm. So it's a liquid detergent. And it originally started out at 122.5 fluid ounces, mm -hmm. went down to 118.1, and now it's down to 100.5. Wow. So you've lost, 22 I don't know, 15 to 18 percent. 22. Yeah. That's almost yeah, you've a lost. Yeah. So you've lost an enormous amount of what you're getting. And this is not something that, you know, you just use less of. You still need the same amount to wash your clothes. Mm -hmm. They're doing something a little unusual. Mm -hmm. They're shrinking their product by the same time, increasing the number of loads you're supposed to get in each bottle. See, that's the weird thing. In the past, they Isn't would... that good? That's what, that's what you want, baby. That you want them to use less. But then, uh, yeah, that, that is a good side effect, right? Of this whole economy. Mm -hmm. 
But then when it's just the relationship between the product or the company and consumer, what are they trying to do here? Is the product still the same or is it more concentrated? Well, in this uh, article, they say they don't know if it's actually concentrated. Um, but, you know, it makes it looks like if you're just looking at the package, it used to be 70 loads per bottle and now you get 77. So for the consumers who are not as careful to read. We're saving more money. Yeah, you're saving more money. <laughs> but actually, you're getting like literally almost a quarter less detergent. It's less bad for the environment. Think of the positive. Thank you, Arm I and Hammer, for <laughs> charging us more and making us use less simultaneously. Yeah. Now we're poor, but the environment is better off. <laughs> and, and we're more careful, right, uh, when it comes to using these things, which is a good side effect. But, you know, the habits change. It takes longer time to change. Hmm. Um, but hopefully, you know, we will be. Um, using less of these products. And I think I might be emblematic of uh, millions of other Americans. I don't take out the little measuring cup what and do you measure mean? how much l liquid detergent. I just uh, start pouring it in and then I'm like, that feels like enough. Well, Jason, <laughs> think about the chemicals that stay on your clothes mm. and then gets onto your skin mm. and then irritate your skin in the long term. Yeah, you're right. So I'd rather use less. I mean, what are these things made of? I don't really know. If I use just simple soap, I feel a little better because I think these are you know, not too bad, right? Mm -hmm. I could probably eat a little bit of the soap and still <laughs> be relatively okay. Mm. But I don't think that's going to happen if I drink detergent. Yeah. Oh, gosh, please don't. By the way, the bridge officially endorses not <laughs> drinking any liquid detergents. That is not good for you. <laughs> please do not consume anything that is not edible or food. You can lick your organic soap, but... <laughs> Don't do anything else. Oh, gosh. You know? Oh, gosh. If you have Please really... do not lick soap. The bridge does not endorse. <laughs> no, no, no. Jason, listen. <laughs> You're making my job so hard. I, I once got these uh, <laughs> organic soap. Like, it's made with just um, oil, right? And some, mm. uh, what do you call them? It's like this really fragrant, um, some kind of uh, like essence, uh, oil essence, uh -huh. like of certain plants or like, say, citrus mm. fruit and things like that. Mm. And those chunks of soap, we're attracting ants <laughs> to my what? room. <laughs> oh my really. goodness. Because it smelled really good and they were just made of oil mostly. I, I just pour <laughs> so, olive oil all over myself in the shower. <laughs> and, and I want to move down. It might not be list. a bad thing. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, I'll be pretty shiny. This is a huge one for Americans. I don't think people outside of America understand how much toilet paper uh, Americans use. It's not just for what you think it might be for. It's for everything. We use toilet paper in wads for everything you can imagine. Like what? I don't even think Americans realize it <laughs> for everything. Cleaning your nose, cleaning your ears, oh. cleaning up water spills, uh, you know, obvious other purposes. But when we use a lot of it, I mean, this is a huge thing. This is when 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 the COVID pandemic pandemic hit the number one thing americans started complaining about within the first few months was toilet paper it is which, a an american staple par excellence we use far more than other people which so, was really shocking to the chinese audience <laughs> you know it wasn't just it wasn't just american consumers we saw videos of uh, consumers fighting for toilet paper in <laughs> australia and we were just watching the news and couldn't believe our eyes because like why would you fight for that yeah won't you be fighting for like bags of flour yeah. or rice <laughs> or like cheese and things like right, that yeah. but toilet paper like you can use anything uh you can use like your old, old like t-shirts right right well, and I guess you just, so. <laughs> like, if you don't have enough t-shirts just rewash them there's solutions to this problem. 
you don't have right. to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. In an emergency it. kind of situation. Okay, so. Anyhow. Uh, this is, so this is something that affects American thinking, and I guess Australians, too. Uh, so this is quilted northern. I think the commercial is something like the quilted northern picker upper or something like that. Um, so yeah, they're doing the same thing. And this is something that might upset Americans. They are giving you less toilet paper, but charging you the same amount. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, explain. You know, actually a lot of Americans. Tell us the details. Now now, this is some, well, okay. I could explain, uh, but you know, the bizarre thing about this is, Americans will not read what's on the back of their soup can or and they won't read how much liquid detergent is in their liquid detergent bottle. Mm-hmm. But Americans actually will like <laughs> look at the number of how many three ply sheets per roll is in their toilet paper. <laughs> this is the why. This, so they will notice immediately. They're going to be like quilted northern. How dare they? <laughs> oh, they are. What do you what do you say? Crossing the rat line or something? Yeah. Yeah, Quilted okay. Northern, you you can't do shrinkflation like everyone else. Americans are going to notice. <laughs> oh, so yeah, it did. So well, here. Yeah, yeah, went down from 284 to 255 three ply sheets. So you are getting less. However, what's really fun about this is on the new packaging it says Mega 72. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why 72? So I don't know. I, I have no idea, but oh. it's clear that they're trying to, when they add mega, they're trying to trick you into thinking that, oh, what, this must be a lot more than it used to be. Here's another oh. one. And this matters. Your dog. Hills Science Diet Dog Food, 15 pounds, now 12.5 pounds. You're going to just have to buy more dog food because your dog's going to be like, Whoa. even I can tell the difference. <laughs> Wait, so this one just straight downsized, right? Mm. It's uh, the new bag is... Two and a half pounds lighter. You can definitely feel the difference. Two mm. and a half pounds, that's a lot. But the bag um, but got the larger. Is, yeah. <laughs> the bag is larger. The bag is larger. Seriously. <laughs> they are trying to fool us like yeah. two times around. Not just a, just a smaller content, but bigger bag and happier dog, right? Oh, finally, <laughs> I, can, I can go dieting. <laughs> and also, can I just say something more about the toilet paper thing? Please do. Please do. Because I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was such a big deal. Um, there's another brand, Scott, I think. Mm-hmm. You see that all the time. Yeah. And it has the, the number 1,000 on it. I never really paid attention, but it says 1,000 sheets per roll. Mm. Now, that's harder to do. Right, because they've, if they've always advertised themselves as having one thousand sheets per roll, mm. then it's hard to like you know cut down on that. It's just too obvious. <laughs> yeah. So what can you do, Jason, oh, if you I'm want right. to you know want your rolls to stay one thousand sheets, but you want to save money? Make the sheets slightly smaller. Slightly smaller. Well, it has to cover the same. You know, <laughs> it has to do its thing. Oh. But that's an idea. Or else you can make them thinner. Mm. So in this article. Our supermarket detective reports that, well, virtually it says every brand of toilet paper has been downsized over the years in the U.S., not here in China. I think (laughs) our toilet paper is still safe. (laughs) But Scott has 1,000 sheets, and I think they mean to stay that way, Um, but they're getting thinner and rougher. Mm -hmm. Okay, we don't like rough toilet paper. (laughs) We don't, right? Um, what about thinner? Hmm. And here are some comments that I found really interesting. The one customer said, the sheets are so thin, they're transparent. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think they're a full ply. What does ply mean? P-L-Y. Well, you know, this is a term. It means, um, you know, when you, when you take your toilet paper and you peel it apart and it comes in, becomes two, or sometimes it becomes three, each one of those is one ply. Oh, okay. Oh, so another customer, listen to this. 
is that the message says, if you enjoy picking out little globs of paper from your body parts, because <laughs> it is so thin, it disintegrates from getting wet. With the slightest friction, this is the toilet paper for you. <laughs> and we all know. Hey, that's a free, free they're doing free advertising. That's know, great. But we all know what this feels like, especially like I remember being in public bathrooms, maybe at like bus stations back in the US, mm -hmm. and they use these super, super thin toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And it's just like one layer. And you have to roll it and roll it and roll it to make it thick enough. But still, sometimes. Yeah, when it gets wet, it gets stuck in your body. And then you spend like minutes just trying to clean yourself <laughs> and it will stick cling to you. So we don't like that experience, but they're, that's what they're doing to you. They are using less paper fiber or pulp um, to make these sheets. And let's just see where technology can take them because, you know, there's a limit to how thin toilet paper can get. And Jason, here's just um, a good moment for me to advertise a new version of toilet paper here in China. Mm. So here, you know how usually they come in these regular size rolls, right? Mm -hmm. And if they're like really uh, thick and soft ones, the rolls would run out faster. And I personally really don't like changing toilet rolls, mm. like toilet paper rolls. Mm -hmm. So I've been thinking about ways to uh, do that less. Mm -hmm. So at first I tried these huge giant... <laughs> toilet paper rolls that they use in public bathrooms oh wow you, got, you have those in your house <laughs> yeah. my goodness I have, them. I have them at this moment but then the problem is i don't know where to put them because <laughs> nothing fits <laughs> they, they solve one problem like they last for months and that's good <laughs> because i don't have to change them you have to get but one then, of those big industrial bathroom size things for the wall they're just a little bit ugly maybe i will one day but my problem was solved before before i got that industrial size mm. so, but the, for the leftover ones i just have to hold them <laughs> and put them you know in the bathroom mm. and then came these new products so they are like they're a little bit like tissue boxes and most of them come in plastic ones you know like a tissue usually mm -hmm. Uh, tissue comes in paper boxes in the U.S. Here they come yeah. in like plastic ones or paper ones. Yeah. Uh, most yeah. likely plastic ones. So in, imagine a inverted tissue box. So you're pulling the tissue out from the bottom. Okay. Okay. And imagine that this tissue box is like 10 times as high as big. Oh, wow. Like as, as tall, if I can put it that way. So in the past, let's say you have 200 sheets of tissue inside your tissue box. Now you have 2,000. And this thing just hangs. See, Bebe is going for growflation. I'm sorry? Oh, yeah. That's the way it goes here <laughs> like in China. Megaflation. <laughs> yeah. And so these have been my new favorites. And I think they're going to last in my bathroom. Wow. So they give you a little hanger so that you hang this huge, super tall box of tissue, but it's toilet tissue in like stick it onto yeah. your bathroom wall. And every time you just pull, like as you pull tissue from a tissue box from the bottom. It's so easy to use. Here's 2023. I'm telling you, it's so easy. And I get these like <laughs> 2,000 sheets or something like that. Last for a long time for like eight quai or like literally eight quai. You're ready for in, in case there's another lockdown. Uh, yeah, I'm going to like <laughs> stock up on these. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at like 100 boxes of those. Like it's a joy, Jason, to use this. This is revolutionary. They should try this in the States. It, it just makes hmm. pulling tissue paper so much easier and you don't have to change it as often. I've been like buying these for hmm. my relatives, <laughs> like all over China. <laughs> so anyhow, enough on toilet paper. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. 
know, the next one is really interesting for me. It's um these hungry man double chicken bowls. It's a <laughs> yes from toilet paper to chicken bowls. Yes, yeah. Thank so you, Jason. well, they're related. Let's just not talk about why. <laughs> but it says in the first one, the original. It's the same amount, by the way, in both boxes, but it says in the first one, 39 grams of protein and the new one, Mm. it's 33 grams of protein. So what they've done is meat is obviously more expensive than whatever else they're putting in there, rice or noodles or something. Mm -hmm. So they're adding more carbohydrates, the cheaper stuff, and they're taking out some of the meat. You know, I used to work in a restaurant. This is what restaurants do. Mm. They try to highlight the meat on your dish. But then they try to put as many other things on your dish as possible, because if you can eat a lot of rice and a little bit of meat, Mm -hmm. then they can save money serving you. Mm -hmm. So the best rest, the most efficient restaurants at making money give you very little protein and they give you a a lot of carbohydrates. So you'll have a huge bowl of noodles Mm -hmm. with a couple of little pieces of beef on top. Okay, well, that sounds like a lot of noodles in China. (laughs) A huge bowl of noodles, like <laughs> lanzhou lamian or biang biangmian, whatever, you know, all kinds of noodles. But that's the way they've always been. But these bowls you were talking about, double chicken bowls. So how do they make up for the difference? Like the prices are the same, right? But just less protein? The actual amount of food you get is the same. But what they're doing, because there's less protein, obviously, is they're removing uh. chicken. And adding whatever else, noodle or anything, and the carbohydrate part is increased because that reduces the cost for the company. I think we should start reading ingredients more carefully nowadays because I can just envision. That's a good I idea. I can just envision these um, but I think there's, uh, shareholders or I don't know, like um, decision makers in companies sitting in their conference rooms with one goal, which is to sell for the same price. But how do we make the product cost less? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everybody's like pulling their hair, trying to think of like a million ways to make that happen. And for this particular product, the new version is missing textured soy protein concentrate, <laughs> which was part of the breading. Now, nobody reads that, right? Mm-hmm. Textured soy protein concentrate, whatever that is, mm-hmm. sounds like some kind of tofu thing, like things made from beans, which contributed to the protein. So the protein didn't just come from meat. Mm-hmm. But, and the author asked, does that solely account for the reduction in protein? But I think they have not had an answer. I mean, there's an easy way to get around this. And I think most Chinese people are less susceptible to this problem. And when it comes to food, don't buy processed food that's made for you. Just buy raw ingredients and then make your own food. And it's going to be cheaper. And ask your mom to cook it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's not the buying raw ingredients part that we are have, that we have a problem with. Mm-hmm. It's cooking the raw ingredients that we have trouble with. Well, I don't. And there's been actually been a lot of discussion about like pre-prepared food. Because TV dinners... Mm-hmm. It's, I guess, a common scene in the U.S., mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They're not that common here in China. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, we don't go to the frozen food section to buy right. ready-to-eat meals. Not yet. You have those big bags of, like, jiaoza and stuff, sorry, dumplings here in China. That's true. You can, and I, I bought them, but my, my wife will buy them, too. But she also makes them at home. So we get a mixture of sometimes she feels like making them and sometimes she just feels like it, you know, having them ready already. It, so, yes, it's much faster. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so okay, maybe we nice. do have TV dinner, but they're just dumplings instead of like slices of chicken. Right, yeah. Oh, you guys just eat yes. different okay. kinds of things. So you end up with different Frozen. sorts of... But I mean, that a lot of Chinese 
families do this. They do eat. They make their own things. They buy. Mm-hmm. I see old people carrying bags of vegetables home every day. All Most Chinese folks I know, they buy their food on right. a daily basis and they bring their food home and make it. Whereas mm-hmm. Americans will buy enough food for the week. And then they go home and then they have all this frozen food. Mm. And some of it is like stuff that they can make from themselves that's maybe partially already made for them. But if you just make everything raw, you're going to save a lot of money during shrinkflation. Yeah. And also, I think in China, if you eat like TV dinner all the time, if you like eat frozen food or just just really processed food, your mom is going to be calling you a lot. And she's going to be like on your back <laughs> telling you how unhealthy Not they even are. mom. So in the end. Coworkers. I used to work at um, a major company and I had, there's a break room. And I used to, to save money, this was many, many years ago. I used to eat noodles that you would just add hot water to, wait a minute, and eat them. And I, I, that went up well for about a month. And then my coworkers, same age, same peer group, they began complaining to me, Jason. They said, here in China, that's something you would only eat once a month, maybe. You can't just eat that every day for lunch, Jason. This is bad for you. You did that? You yeah. ate it every day? Yeah. You mean, you, you're talking about instant noodles, Yeah, right? instant noodles, ramen or what all, yeah, those brands. And, and, and But my co- colleagues were like, you can't do this. You're going to die. This is terrible for you. <laughs> well, they are going to give you ulcers if you eat a lot of those. Like instant noodles, they're like at the bottom of the ladder when it comes to healthy food. We all know that. This is the they- cheapest though. The reason we eat it still five quai reason, for a bag of noodles. I know they 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 taste really good, right? And they're cheap and they're easy to cook, but they're not good for you. And the reason why they're still so popular, I think the most important reason is that they actually taste very very good. So once in a while, very salty, we eat yeah. them just to taste it. You know, for a lot of us, we we eat it and we eat it with the feeling that we're eating poison. <laughs> I'm being honest, but we <laughs> we allow our body um, market market shares in Shanghai. Just I'm dropped. sorry, but this is me as a consumer. But this is me as a consumer. This is my true sentiment. Like I'll eat them a cup, like maybe once in a long while. But I feel so bad afterwards. I feel like I have all this toxins flowing through my body. <laughs> but oh I think I could, my body could deal with it. Like maybe as your coworker said, once a month or once every few months. Um, and I get the mm. taste is like, you know, uh, just a, a one shot thing. And you feel the, the, the taste, all of it bursting in your mouth. And then you don't do it for a long time. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you're now married. And you have a canteen in which you can go for your meals and you don't have to eat those anymore. Well, let's, I want to jump over because the next one's uh, paper towels. I want to jump to cocoa pebbles. Now, this is something that every American knows, cocoa pebbles. Adults typically don't eat this, but this is something a lot of kids, if you're trying to get them eat breakfast cereal, they'll eat this. It's not good for you. It's not good for kids, but family-sized. They are going to come after yeah, us. <laughs> family size used to be 20.5 ounces and now it is. 19.5 ounces. That's not a dramatic shift, so, but it's enough that you're getting less. It says about a bowl of cereal was taken out of new packages. And if it's only down by one ounce, my guess is that they're going to keep going. Oh, you think they're going to do it again? Just, yeah, maybe. I think, yeah. And also, I just want to say that when I look at this now, now that I'm a mom, I feel like I would put these in the junk food category. Yeah, this is like candy. And I know. It's like chocolate for breakfast? Seriously? <laughs> like, if you put them in the cereal aisle, then it gets the reputation of being a cereal. Right. Right? And you think cereals are good because they put all these kind of vitamins and supplements hmm. in there. Somehow they've mixed it in there. 
But then there's also the question of absorption. Mm -hmm. Like, can your body actually absorb those? Or are they actually good for you? Because they're like, they're not from natural uh, sources. So I would not give my daughter that. Well, one of the things about cereal isn't necessarily the absorption of nutrients. It's the, um, what's it called? Fiber, which is, uh, helps clean your intestines. So it doesn't need to be absorbed in a lot of it. Some of it can just pass through, but it is effectively taking out the gunk in the inner lining of your, you know. I see. So it's the it's same <laughs> as eating, let's say, uh, some kind of like figs. Figs are really good at that. Also prunes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yes, yes. Fruit. Most fruit is very high in fiber, but a lot of cereal is used that way. Old people eat a lot of cereal because it helps them, you know, maintain regularity. But as a mom, I've grown really suspicious to things that just taste really good. Yeah, no good flavors for you. <laughs> <laughs> There are very few things that taste super, super good, um, but are also really good for you. They are. Like, for example, yeah, sure. I've, I've Watermelon. Bought, I bought this um, this kind of yam or sweet potato from this one seller. Mm -hmm. And I got like my third box just yesterday. They are so good. I hate yam. What? Sweet potatoes? How can you hate them? Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. They are so... Maybe I should mail you a box and you just put them in your... No, no, no. Please don't. You know those fancy air something <laughs> toaster? It's like an oven. No, no, no. And no. you just toast them for like 20 minutes. Oh my gosh. It's like eating dessert. Okay. So the next one is, and this is something I grew up on life cereal. So Quaker life cereal. This is what my mom and dad, they gave me this growing up. I had life cereal all the time. It's also probably not great for you. It's a little sweet, but it's better than Cocoa Puffs for sure. It's also reduced from 24.8 ounces to 22.3. Now, I, I want to emphasize, and I think we've said this a bit at the beginning of the show, the price is the same, mm. but you're getting less. Mm. So it's right. a kind of so, inflation, but instead of just raising the price, they're reducing the amount that you get. I think they're being really considerate because they don't want to like stab you mm. like outright, you know, and take money out of your wallet mm -hmm. a lot quicker than before. So they're doing it mm. in milder ways. You know, it might take you a long time to figure out that, oh, there's like two ounces or less in this box. And the funny thing is the brand you mentioned, oh, yeah. the box got bigger. <laughs> When the yeah. size actually went down. But they, there's some clues. It says here that, you know, uh, so this is a Quaker Life cereal. They also changed the size name from Giant to Family. Oh. Now, that's very subtle. Mm. Don't you think? Yeah. It's no longer Giant. But when we say Family, it also gives you the feel that there's enough for everybody. Uh, that's going to last. It's also a very friendly word that makes you think of happy memories, right? So the word family itself is probably better than giant. Mm -hmm. You think of giant, yeah, you think of like monster, <laughs> but you think of family, you're like happy childhood memories. But the, the, and also the new box is three quarters of an inch taller, but half an inch less deep. Mm. Isn't that a really good like English question? <laughs> yeah. If you can understand this. This phrase, is a great high right? school so, math class question. Yeah. Right. Math class and also English class. Like, if you can understand this, mm. how can a new box be an inch taller, but half an inch less deep? Huh. <laughs> right? And also, mm. a lot of these things we're talking about today, I think I can use them as materials for my daughter, uh, like, for, like, math problems, mm. to figure out how much less, what's the percentage, you know, why are they doing that? And then I can give her, like, a whole social lesson on top of it all. Mm. Okay, any more Oh, another brand of uh, dog food called Pedigree. 
That's a big brand, mm -hmm. right? I've seen that before. Yeah, absolutely. So they resized some of their dry dog food products. Listen to that word, resized. They didn't just say... Yeah, that's very clever. That's good marketing. <laughs> resized. <laughs> so both the old and new packages claim that you're getting a bonus in every bag. But the net change is that you're getting six pounds less. Wow. Six pounds less? What did they, where did they start? Oh, so they started at 50 pounds bonus size. Wow. And now, wow, dogs eat a lot. And now it's 44 pounds. I'm glad I don't have dogs. So the 44 pounds, I just had to buy new cat food. So the 44 pounds one won't sell as well here in China. Because Chinese people don't like fours. Oh, yeah. They hate the fours. <laughs> right. I forget that. Yeah. You're scared of fours. So in China, you should just shrink it to 46 pounds. It will sell a lot better. Hmm. And the price stay the same. But that's a huge change. Well, just don't use pounds. Use some other measurement where it's a different yeah. number. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. I want to skip the hards one because I don't think these are very common. But one of the last things, Dawn dishwashing liquid, this is really common. And my mom used this. I don't know if she still does, but she used this when I was growing up. So they have resized it down to just 6.5 ounces from seven ounces. So they just took okay. half an ounce, which is, I guess, a few days of, you know, this stuff, this stuff lasts a long time. So this is a few days. Mm. You know, the thing about dishwashing fluid, and I'm, I'm, I was told not to do this because you're changing the chemistry, but mm -hmm. I do it anyway, is once the bottle's halfway full, you got a free full bottle. Just fill it full of water, shake it up. Uh, good to go again. I do that. And you keep doing that until, yeah. <laughs> keep fooling yourself. I, I do that at the end of it because at the end, there's always some that you don't, you can't get out. Mm. Right. And then I put in water and I rinse, 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 rinse until the whole bottle is filled with bubbles. Well, here's the thing. If you mm. do it when it gets half full mm. and you fill it to the brim again and shake it up, it's good mm. for a lot. You're saving money and you're doing one of Bebe's favorite things. You're right. contributing less of these chemicals to the environment because I can make one bottle last <laughs> as long as four bottles. If I just keep filling it up when it's halfway full several now times. Now I remember one of my, so that's, that's uh, an what, one of my coworkers told me he asked me once how do you make sure that everything costs just half the price and i literally stood there and thought about this for like a full whole minute mm -hmm. and then he just said just use half the amount mm -hmm. isn't that a good answer so he's like mm -hmm. like toothpaste or detergent you know i think we overuse these things and also one mm -hmm. one personal mm -hmm. tip from uh washing dishes which i think probably most people know is that just to use hot water uh -huh. rather than loads of detergent every time. It's just safer. And also in China, we use, you know, tea plants, right? So tea plants, they have seeds. Mm -hmm. And if you grind up the seeds into a powder, you can use those to clean oily surfaces. And they're especially good. What? What, what, kind, what kind of seeds? It's like seeds from tea plants. They have the superpower huh. of uh, just washing off, uh, washing off oils. So they're like huh. shampoos made of, uh, made from like tea seeds powder and also i sometimes use them to wash you know vegetables and fruit and also just oily dishes and they're completely natural they're just ground up tea tree seeds well can i yeah. can i talk about to um, toothpaste for a second in the 1950s and this is a true story there was a, a man who had an idea for how toothpaste companies could make millions more. So he got a meeting, and this is a true story, with one, some of the major toothpaste manufacturers. And he gave them a presentation about making the mouth of the toothpaste container wider 
so that when people put it onto their toothbrush, they were consuming, you know, almost 200% of what was originally the size of the hole. This man ended up being paid millions of dollars and then left. I don't know what became of him, but now all toothpaste dispensers dispense way more than you need deliberately because they want you to use it up. So you have to go buy more. Mm -hmm. So what you just mentioned a couple minutes ago, use less toothpaste, is literally how much you should actually Mm -hmm. be using is just put a little dab of it and make it stretch. You don't need to cover your toothbrush with toothpaste. I know. I think this is a good time period in our lifetime. Um, to really rethink a lot of these things, Hmm. right? I think not just for toothpaste, but for detergent, for drinks, for a lot of other things we use on a daily basis. We don't need that much. And the the increase in prices, the harder times when it comes to the economy is a, I think, a waking up call or uh, an incentive for us to live a little more um, cleverly, if you can say it, like a little more wisely, and we'll end up, mm-hmm. you know, being more friendly mm-hmm. um, to the environment because all of these things, if you like one day just yeah. wake up to all the tricks that these uh, companies and marketing teams play on us, I think you're shaking off, mm-hmm. shaking off a lot of unnecessary garbage. Literally, I think you'll live cleaner, yeah. safer, happier and healthier lives. So, <clears throat> so the silver lining to a lot of these things we're going through, skimflation or shrimpflation, is that we will learn to save more money to uh, to create less garbage, less waste, and have better mm-hmm. health, mm-hmm. Um, especially for food. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the processed food that we eat are not good for us. We, we, we really have to wake up to mm-hmm. that. Even just bread. You know, if you look at the like bread um, in from supermarkets, if you look at the ingredients, mm-hmm. like the list should not be that long. And I remember, I remember <laughs> I saw this video. I think it was um, a woman who bought a cake from, maybe it was from Costco or some, one of these um, uh, huge uh, wholesale stores. And it said, yeah. it's, it's a cake, right? Normally what's in a cake, eggs, flours, milk, Flour, sugar, sugar uh, like salt, butter. Like these are pretty enough. You know, you can make a cake out of just these, yeah. but the list of ingredients yeah. was like half page long and they're in these like super small print <laughs> that you can't read, but she did, you know, she, she's probably just like my husband <laughs> laser focused when it comes to ingredients. Is she a chemist? I don't know, but maybe she's just been fed up with, because I don't think nor- normal people can't understand what most of those things are. But once you're pushed to um, a degree where you know that your child's health, you know, can be influenced by things like these, you become more careful. And anyhow, yeah. so she read the whole ingredient and she did not find eggs in that. Like cake in Chinese is gao. The first character is means eggs. Means yeah. Egg. Gao yeah. is like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. a pastry or cake. So these are, it's in the name itself, but it couldn't be found in the ingredient. Mm-hmm. Can I say sure. some kinds of American juice like the word juice, mm-hmm. which you would assume means that it comes from Fruits. fruit, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to. In America, mm-hmm. the FDA has allowed the word juice to mean all kinds of different things. So you can be literally drinking what is labeled as grape juice, even 100% grape juice. 
but it can have zero grapes in it. And it can actually be uh, artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors. Mm-hmm. And then the artificial sweeteners are made out of corn syrup derivatives. So you're actually just drinking sugary corn flavor juice that tastes like grapes. And the corn syrup, I don't think it's a simple thing that's made from corn. Mm. Right. I think there's a lot of uh, heavily chemicals and a lot of we call it high technology, quote unquote, involved in the in the process. And also for like new parents out there, I just want to share as a mom that Mm -hmm. the um, the easiest way to not let your child have so much sugar and also all these chemical ingredients is just not to start them on those because kids will love juice. You know, if you give my daughter uh, a bottle of juice, she will love it. Mm-hmm. I don't because I want her to have a very low baseline, mm-hmm. very low tolerance for sugar. Yeah. Because she her body does not need that much sugar. And she's okay just drinking flat, like boiled water yeah. or spring water, whatever. And you notice that with kids in China here, they come, each of them will have their little bottle, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And usually they are, uh, they contain warm water instead of just regular temperature or cold water. Mm-hmm. And most parents are very careful not to start their kids on sugary drinks. Mm-hmm. They delay this. I try to delay it as, you know, to, I don't to as far as possible. Someday she's going to discover that, wow, there are all kinds of uh, juice out there. But she will have like a lower tolerance for that level of sugar. And she will be able to taste the chemicals a lot better because her taste buds are still, you know, more sensitive. Oh, yeah. listening to The Bridge. So I wanted to jump over. This is from a BBC article, Work Life, uh, Skimpflation, an even sneakier form of shrinkflation by Alexis Benvista, October 4th, 2023. Mm. And so skimpflation is another way that they're uh, removing added value from your products. So, for example, they give the example of Disney in the article, Mm -hmm. and they mentioned that some of the parts of the experience of going to Disneyland have been actually removed from your experience so that you barely notice. And one of those is driving you from the parking lot to the to the front, to the visitor center at the the beginning of the park. So now barely noticed. How can people barely notice that? <laughs> well, most people go to Disneyland like twice or three times. And the normal American person will go twice or three times in their life. They'll go to Disneyland. It's not like you go to Florida, Orlando or or or, or uh Los Angeles, Anaheim, huge park, like all the time. And some, there are some crazy Disney people who go all the time. They go two to three times a year. Yes. Mm. But the average American will only go a couple times in their life. So they may not Mm. remember or notice that suddenly there's not like a little, you know, bus singing Disney music that brings you to the front. Now you just stroll for a mile. A mile? To to the stroll. A mile. Yeah. These parks are Pushing your baby. Yeah. Carrying your baby and walking that whole mile, I would notice. <laughs> I, I would be panting and like exhausted once I get to the gate. A mile's not even that far. I go walking a couple miles a day. You know, I'm trying to get my 10,000 steps. Uh, That's just normal daily routine okay. stuff. Well, maybe I'm exaggerating. <laughs> or I, I just don't know like how far a mile. It's like would. a little over a kilometer. So it's it's like okay. five to 10 minutes walking. It would be a nice walk if that's like, you know, all you 
do for exercise that day. But if you're out for no, a but day you're walking in the park in Disney, all day, yeah. I would assume that there will be a lot more walking involved. So, so I guess customers are not that happy with this. Well, you know, what's a really good example of skimpflation that's in this article is actually that hungry man double chicken thing. Mm. Because it says here, quote, grocery aisles are rife with skimpflation. Uh, so along with shrinking sizes and quantity, mm-hmm. they are removing the quality to reduce qu- goods. So they're out swapping out expensive premium ingredients for cheaper, lower quality ones while keeping the same price tags. See, that's more dangerous. The price mm-hmm. difference is pretty big. Like um, a supermarket bag of uh, sliced bread maybe costs one ninety nine, mm-hmm. And sometimes you can even get a bag for like 99 cents. Mm-hmm. But if you go to one of those, let's say, like these boutique shops mm-hmm. where they make um, like handmade these sliced bread mm-hmm. and then it will cost when I last went back, it will cost five or six dollars per bag mm-hmm. and they weigh about the same. So my mom never could understand. It's just bread. Why are you paying like three or four times yeah. the price? I'm like, mom, these are made with different ingredients. Yeah. You know, this bag the ingredients is completely clean i would rather eat less than eat junk well can i add some value to the whole purpose of the bridge is to talk about Mm. the similarities and differences in our culture and one of the things that i think our american friends could learn from is that chinese grocery stores even you know the big corporate ones like walmart Mm. they have a little bakery inside of them Mm. so you instead of going to the bread aisle Mm -hmm. you can go to the actual bakery you can get cookies you can get mooncakes you can get bread so you can actually get Right. Things that are made by Loker, the baker that works in the grocery store. And that is a a lot higher quality than something made in a factory, you know, 2000 miles away that's been shipped and stuff. So, yeah, investing in that. I just read something yesterday. I'm still going to use bread as an example. I remember one time this was in China. Mm -hmm. There's very famous brand of uh, like bread and pastry. It's a whole like chain of products along this line. And one customer, like one Mm -hmm. girl, she said, I, uh, you know, I haven't been home for a whole month. Mm. And I came back, there was only this bread in my fridge. (laughs) And it was after a whole month, it was still soft and fresh. And not green and saying your name. (laughs) Not green and moldy. And she's like, I'm never, no, she was like, I'm never, ever going to buy this brand again. Yeah. Who knows what they've put into this? Yeah. And I, I, they don't last for just a month. I think they will even, you know, they'll last even longer than this. And just, I think yesterday I read in the lines, like the book said, why would you eat something that even bacteria won't eat? <laughs> Isn't that a good like question to ask, right? That is, yeah. That is a very good question to ask. That if something, you put something in the fridge and it lasts a really long time. Yeah. I was wondering, and maybe you know at home, you might know the answer to this. You can email us at welovethebridge.gmail.com and let us know. Mm. Is it the base ingredient? Is it the kind of flour that uh, farmers are growing is actually potentially less likely to be consumed by bacteria. It doesn't necessarily have to be that it is some added ingredient. Maybe the actual kinds of things that we're growing, uh, you know, globally are 
less susceptible to being consumed by bacteria. Mm. We, we're not actually sure people like us who don't are not experts on this, where in the supply chain these changes mm. to our food are, are, are coming from. Sure. Can we, I want to switch to one more topic because we don't have a lot of time. This is from BBC.com. Why more fashion re retailers are charging return fees. Ah, that's a good one. So this is, yeah. yeah, October 5th. So it used to be when I was a kid, and I guess all the way up until a few years ago, that if you took a shirt home and you left the tags on and it didn't fit or whatever, or there's some problem like you're allergic to it, you could come back to the, no questions asked. Mm -hmm. Here, it's not worn out. There are no holes in it. There's, here's the tag. Here's the receipt. And they'll give you 100% of your money back. Right. But people are taking advantage of this system. Mm. They're wearing the clothes out and then they're bringing them back for full refunds. So retailers, and I want to add one bit of information. Retailers are charging you to return it. Not much. There's such a small mm -hmm. return fee. But H&M, I want to point out, when H&M runs a line of clothes mm. and they don't sell them all, what do you think happens to those clothes? What do you mean? They're just shredded? They are incinerated. Why? What? They burn it. They have huge incinerators and H&M will actually burn oh thousands of articles of clothing if they don't sell. So returning things is not this innocuous, small ha 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 or fast fashion. Right. So this is actually a huge environmental issue. So they're starting. You have evidence. That's what they do. Yeah, I have. This is from a former show that we did. Uh, I did with Alex Schur, our other co-host. We talked about fast fashion and how they do burn oh. clothes Oops. that they can't sell runs of. And this is H&M. There may be other companies that do this as well. You would assume that they do something right. It goes on sale right. or it gets sold to a lower outlet or it gets sent to some people, you know, people who survived a flood or whatever. Right. But no, to prevent the price of those kinds of articles of <laughs> clothing from dropping mm -hmm. they're burned okay i'm sad to know that okay to learn that but it's useful for our consumers to know <laughs> yeah. and i think the topic today yeah. well for this section is that uh some retailers are charging return fees and when i read that yeah i wrote alongside the title that this might not be a bad thing and i i think in the long term it's a good thing mm -hmm. it trains consumers to be more conscious of mm -hmm. what they buy right to think about do i really need mm -hmm. this does it really mm -hmm. fit and of course, some people say, ah, I'm buying online. Mm -hmm. I can't tell. I have to try it to know. But right. you can still be more careful. Right? I don't... Amazon's doing the same thing. What do you mean? Amazon is now charging you to return oh, items. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's a good thing because yeah. I think someday we have to, all of us have to recognize that we actually already have enough, mm. right? Sometimes we buy for the sake of buying yeah. and it end up hurting your wallet, mm -hmm. hurting yourself mm -hmm. and hurting the environment. Um, and who is making money off all this, right? Not you. So, but let's, let's see how much they're charging though. They're H&M still. Well, they're not charging an enormous amount. Zara introduced a return fee of, is that Euro? That's a pound, one pound 95. So that's for uh, England, I suppose. Right. So it's, it's different in different countries. H&M began charging $2 and 40 cents for online purchase returns. So you probably paid 40, 20, 30, $40 for that in the first place. So now you're charged, you're, you know, you're paying a 10%, 5% of what you. What about, doesn't say shipping fee. Like when you return something in the States, you pay shipping fee? For um, 
Amazon, there are shipping fees and then there are not shipping fees. Sometimes they're provided by the it depends. It's just like a Taobao here and JD depends on is the product. Sometimes the, the person sell the seller will pay and sometimes you will pay. But now it's increasing that it's costing Amazon money because people are ordering more clothes than they need. Mm-hmm. They're choosing what they want and sending it back. And that's costing Amazon money. So in order to protect themselves, they're starting to charge people return fees as well. Well, if people don't have an idea, this might shock them. So back in 2022, that's just last year, roughly 17% of online purchases were returned. Mm. That's a huge percentage. And that was even, that's actually a little lower than the previous year. But that's just telling us, like almost 20% of what we buy were returned. And think of the waste, the waste in packaging, the waste in labor, right? People's time consumed. And a lot of products, as you said, they might not, um, they might not be able to be resold again. So uh, they might end up just being thrown in the garbage pile. And it's costing the companies a lot of money, according to this article. He says, estimated retailers spend around $33 per return, counting postage, packaging, depreciation of an item's value, labor, and missed sales windows. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about the $2 fee that they charge. They are losing a lot more money. $33 per return, counting everything, that's a lot. Um, And also in the West, like in the US and in the UK, I assume postage will cost a lot. It can, yeah. So in this... So I just want to mention, so we have inflation. Right. That is when things increase in value or or in cost. Then you have skimflation, which means they lower the quality of ingredients or lower the quality of the experience. Mm -hmm. Then you have shrinkflation, where they literally just give you less for the same cost. And then you also have the cost of return. So the companies are passing the cost of... CPI increases, increases in the in the cost of man, making things on to you. Ultimately, we are paying for right. them right. to all of the costs. You know, a CEO pay isn't going down. Mm. So all the people who are making these decisions are being paid as much or more than they were four years ago. Mm-hmm. But we're paying a lot more to make sure that their yachts are all still being maintained. <laughs> and did you notice, Jason, recently, or well, more than recently, it's been going on for a little while now, there's this resurgence of domestic brands here in China. Yeah, I don't know absolutely. if you, you have noticed. Oh, yeah. Now, most the most recent one is this one brand of uh, cleaning products. They're called Huoli Arba. So this Chinese brand, it was close to like bankruptcy um, because they couldn't compete in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have like a huge marketing sales team. They don't have, you know, fancy packaging. They couldn't afford for anyone to, you know, to hire stars to do advertisement. They were literally just like old time factory, like old time shop. Actually, just over a little over a month ago, they decided to go on the Chinese version of TikTok. Mm -hmm. And they literally, I think they gained over like 2 million fans in just one or two days. Wow. The reason was, you know how other shops, other brands, they hire Usually, they hire beautiful ladies right, to sell online. But when they showed up, it's three old men, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Literally, at the beginning of their live show, three old men, and one of them is so bold, his head was like shining. Mm. <laughs> and the one sitting in front, in front of the cell phone was, you know, wore glasses. And the three of them was like, so how do I do this? They had already started their live show mm-hmm. on TikTok. 
and they were still figuring out how to do this. And the background was their factory. It was noisy, and they had this like rickety fan um, that must have been at least 30 years old. And they were pushing the wrong buttons. <laughs> and so this was all broadcast live mm. and it attracted so many uh, viewers because they, they were just telling their friends, come and look at these three old guys. <laughs> They're trying to figure out how to do TikTok live show right this moment. And they were like figuring out how to put up the like the cart mm -hmm. where people can click and buy their things. And it keep disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.